0: A wonderful... Hi guys, uh, welcome to another episode of Rikindi. Uh Here we're really just discussing spirituality, science, health, wellness, and honestly, so many ways to um, uh, really help you become a healthy, happy human. Uh, so today we're going to be uh, joined, I'm joined with Praveena um, from Focus and Flow Yoga, and uh, we're gonna be discussing money. Um, and you know, so many people hold so many strong beliefs, fears, anxiety. Um, so we really want to delve deep into that discussion um, and hopefully find some deep truths within that.
1: Uh, so welcome, Karina, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much and namaste everyone. Um, it's a gorgeous day out there and um, I'm just feeling gratitude. Thank you for having me here with you today.
0: No worries. And for those of you who um, have, this is the first time you listening to uh, Praveena, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and...
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Praveena, and um, I started Focus and Flow Yoga. Um, I'm really passionate about uh, teaching people yoga, not only on the mat, but also how they can take yoga lifestyle off the mat as well. So really just taking and understanding yoga at that deeper level. And, um, you know, I to just bring out all the juicy bits. So I've been trained in both the East in uh, India as well as the West, um, doing several teacher training courses here in Australia. So I do like to um, combine both worlds. So while the ancient authentic roots of yoga are firmly deeply rooted in the ancient teachings, which you know originated more than two to five thousand years ago, um, there is a lot that we can you know really. The principles are all the same. You know whether we were born that long ago or whether we're born in this current world that we're in um, in 2021 but we do have to tweak it a certain bit um, to suit our modern lifestyle so I do totally appreciate that and that's why I guess um, you know the way that I teach the yoga is more about unlearning how to just unlearning conditioning that we have um, not only for family but also our society and all that so just so we can really authentically find ourselves and find our own truth um, because everything's there within us it's just recognizing it and understanding it and feeling what actually feels right and understanding your own truth so that's a bit about my background, the way that I teach yoga. Um, it's not just a traditional, uh, you know, vinyasa class or anything. Like all my classes generally have, oh, I'd rather call them as sessions because they do have that asana component, which is what a lot of people understand as yoga all the twisting and bending and stretching, um, which is only 20% of what yoga is. And then there's also that pranayama or the breathing And then there's also that sound component, you know, there's chanting and yoga philosophy. There is just so much more to it. And um, that's what I'd like to bring awareness to, that yoga means a lot more than just stretching. Yoga means oneness and it is for everybody.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And um, so we're really discussing today um, the wisdom of yoga from the mat and how you can um, invoke that off the mat. Um, And and what does that have to do with money? So, um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I I don't think um, yoga and money is not two things that generally go well together because the idea when people think about yoga or, or yogis, which is a person who practices yoga, generally they think is someone who has, you know, renounced all worldly possessions and, you know, is probably found somewhere on top of to meditating quietly. But yeah, I guess because we're now taking the yoga off the mat and really embodying that lifestyle, money is actually nothing but a form of energy. And yoga includes all different types of energies like we work with energy a lot when we talk about our energy centers in our body or a chakra so and that's where I guess we really want to sort of um, understand or look at money as a type of energy um, and there's a lot of yoga principles or ways of living um, or lessons that's learned from the Bhagavad Gita which is the yoga bible literally Um, that we can actually take into the aspect of finances and incorporate the same principles in there, which is what we want to sort of uh, in today's podcast and just really look at money and finances from a yogic perspective, I guess.
0: Mm, mm, No, absolutely brilliant. And it really is like money is something that every single person on this world, whether we like it or not, has to use you know it's a medium of exchange and so um instead of holding or um you know having all of these um strong beliefs around it that can sometimes be really negative and toxic Um, you know it is something that it, it is good to talk about because um like i said every single person uses it on a daily basis and needs it really in this day and age in order to survive absolutely right
1: yeah
0: yeah so if you're talking about um money and and yoga what sort of um normal conditions or classic conditions do you come across uh, with a lot of your clients or you see people holding on to a lot of those um conditioning
1: yeah yeah so i guess one of the really common ones that um a lot of people are ingrained or have heard a lot about is, you know, money is the root cause of all evil and, um, you know, myself included, like I had to do a lot of personal work with myself to remove all my money blocks. So, yeah, I guess um, we really need to put that statement of money is the root cause of all evil into context because I think that's one that's um, really misunderstood quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely. And um, no, I, I can definitely say so um, for myself as well as, uh, you know, it's not necessarily uh, money in itself that's good or bad. You know, it's, it's a neutral um, entity that we use in order to exchange, but it's more so what you're attaching to that money. You know, if you're attaching your self-worth to that money and you cannot feel worthy without it, then that's not a good thing. However, if you are quite grounded within yourself, you know, and this is just something in order to um, enhance that, you know, enhance those philanthropic activities or, um, you know, enhance your own um, space so you can do more, you know, that's that's wonderful because you are already grounded and that becomes a bonus in order to, um, you know, express yourself.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Alexa. It all depends on how we view money. So I guess, um, you know, There is the Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth. So in our Hindu tradition, which uh, we look at it as a form of energy when it comes to the yoga space. So this is the energy Lakshmi, which is the goddess. So... She's usually this really beautiful female and decked in a lot of gold. And she's sitting really peacefully on this beautiful lotus. And um, you can see the coins are just like flying out through the palms of her hand. So that's the kind of image or um, idol that we worship as the goddess of wealth. But I guess from a yoga perspective, when we look at that, Like money is something to be worshipped and respected. And, you know, that totally clashes with this other statement that um, I guess a lot of us in today's world hear that money is root cause of all evil. But when you really look at it from um, how the whole thing originated, like back in the days there was the barter system and then we sort of narrowed it down to money in the form of cash and now it's cryptocurrency. Just boiling it down all to the basic principle Money or wealth is something that is to be respected and actually worshipped. So again, it's just this beautiful energy that surrounds it, and I think um, you know, like coming from a Hindu background and religion, we really lot certain festivals and certain pujas or rituals, as we call them, that, worships this. So. You know, we have um, certain festivals where we clean out our house and do certain rituals to invite this beautiful energy or this wealth or prosperity. Um, into our homes and into our lives and there's so much more that it can bring to enhance not only our lives but also the lives of the people who really matter to us, so our family and our friends because if you have a lot of wealth and you use it to bring happiness and to support others, um, you know, from a not only a philanthropical perspective but even just to be good and do good around you it has a ripple effect and it just you know it goes on to not just beyond your inner circle but then it spreads out to the world because when you're doing good you feel good about yourself and it just spreads on and on and that's what I mean by money is a form of energy and it's not only um like you know like as I mentioned, I mentioned the goddess Lakshmi which is what we worship and I feel like I totally embody that because my family name has the word Lakshmi as well so I could go on talking for hours and hours about concept but even if you look at the Japanese um, they've got this concept of Arigato money that I learned from Ken Honda so how a lot of us um, have this sort of misconception that oh I'm not going to go check my mail it's probably another bill in the mail that I have to pay and you just have this kind of resistance and that negative energy that you're holding on to because you think oh I've got to pay bills and then you just feel that energy drain up from you whereas when you talk about this concept of arigato money uh, which is a Japanese concept what they say again it all, it's all the yoga concept of gratitude so It's not only when money comes into your hand that you receive it with that feeling of gratitude in your heart. And when you notice when Japanese receive the money, they always have that little head bow as a mark of respect, that they're respecting that money and, you know, really feeling that gratitude when they receive it. That's one level, but they go one up on that as well. So even when you're giving money away, you'd notice that, some of the people who follow this arigato principle they actually just close their eyes for a moment as they're handing over the money even just walk to a cafe and notice a Japanese person handing their money over you'll notice them close your eyes if they follow this principle so and that's the thing feeling gratitude for being in a position to be able to buy that coffee whatever it is that you're buying at the cafe or having that gratitude to be able to afford to pay all the bills like that, you need to feel the gratitude for that as well. And that thing, it goes both ways when money's coming in as well as going out. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that natural state of flow of just feeling that gratitude, find that money just effortlessly flows in i can just talk about that from my personal experience as well Um, i'm sure a lot of other people would have felt it as well so yeah that's what it's just again money is just a form of energy oh yeah that's absolutely so
0: beautiful and I, i love um i really love how you have um shown the way to enhance that feeling of gratitude through money um, because there are a lot of people out there who have insane amounts of money, but yet because they are not grounded in themselves or grounded in that gratitude, you know, it, it's completely being destroyed where um, they don't respect it um, and, and they are really depressed and unhappy within themselves. And so money becomes, um, you know, maybe even it just, it, it's nothingness. Um, and, and so they are so depressed, nothing, the more money they have, won't actually change that level of, of happiness or that level of connection um, you know so i really really loved how you were saying um you know feeling that gratitude within yourself and then using money as a tool to enhance that feeling of gratitude you know being grateful when you receive it, it's such a beautiful uh, a beautiful way to think and a beautiful way to um uh to to change your conditioning around money to that of enhancing your general well-being and not um not being disconnected from it
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's right. And that thing, like um, with all these basic principles of just being present, having that mindfulness and when you incorporate all these practices um, in your daily life, then it just gives you a whole different perspective. It's just about creating that awareness. Mm, mm, Totally, totally, totally.
0: Um, and so you were saying in your classes um, you usually start off a practice or during your practice you set an intention for your practice um, and then from that intention, you know, you you follow through throughout the practice. How does that relate to um, to money? And, and and once again, during that concept of what you're learning on the mat, you are then taking when you're going off the mat.
1: Absolutely. That's a beautiful question, Alexa. Yeah, so I guess the first thing when you walk into you roll over in a yoga class, you roll at the mat, you're sitting down on the mat, and the first thing you do is set intention. So, basically, why are you here today? What brings you on the mat? What do you want to achieve out of your yoga practice today? So, you know, some people might set an intention that, um, oh, I just want to feel happy, or I just want to, with my body, I just want to stretch it, I will feel good after that. Or uh, some people set a lot more deeper intentions like, you know, I want to find some inner peace or I want to uh, find a solution to this problem that I have but for that I want to just become centred today, centred and grounded. So there's a lot of different intentions that you can set um, when you're beginning to, you know, do your yoga practice for that 30-minute to one hour or however long it may be and then at the end of the practice we always check in go back that intention or your sankalpa and say okay so did I achieve what I wanted, what I wanted to achieve at this practice or if I haven't achieved it at least I've sown the seeds of those intentions in my mind so now my subconscious will now actively work on it to find an answer to the problem that I wanted so it's just creating awareness and, you know, asking the right questions to yourself more than anyone else about what it is that you want to achieve. So if we take that practice of intention setting outside of the yoga mat, how I brought it into my business now, Um, I've always been someone who hated numbers, but now I've totally changed my mindset around that. So, um, you know, I unapologetically and uh, without any shame admit I've only recently done a budget for the first time in my life ever. So the way I did that was, again, bringing whole intention practice. So what I did um, when I was looking at my finances, I just want to reshape everything and really sound and have a good look at where's my money coming from, where is it going, um, how much do I have left. So what I did was set an intention, took out my, printed out a few copies of my bank statements, really looked through each thing and looked at, okay, where's my money coming from? Where is it going? And then I'm looking at all these other random subscriptions and that I've been paying off monthly that I didn't even know what it was, where that money was going or what it was about. And that's what I then highlighted all of those and worked out a plan. Okay, so this is who do I have to call? Who do I need to, uh, you know, get more information about this to decide whether I really need that in my life or not? do I need to cancel? Um, What do I need to remove so that I'm not putting dead money into it? So once I had that intention about what are the things that I want in my life, what do I want to invest my money in? What do I want to buy? What don't I want in my life? That's equally important too. Then once I set that intention, then the next month when I looked at my bank statements, it made a lot more sense sense to me because I've set this intention about what I want in my life and what I don't want in my life so that each time I went to the shops to you know walking through the shopping center I already knew what intention was. I knew what my top three goals for the year was. And I knew that I'm only going to invest money and my energy into those areas and ignore everything else. At least for this year, I can always revisit my goals the following year. And once I had that intention and that clarity even when I go into the shops I don't make all these unnecessary diversions or spend that unnecessary money which is not taking me toward my karma or my life purpose or my goal for that year so that's how setting intentions really translates into your financial world just having a more streamlined approach basically
0: Mm, that's absolutely beautiful because what you've really done is you've taken um, your awareness and you're becoming really aware of where you're spending your money, aware of um, what's flowing in and what's flowing out, and then from there you're utilizing uh, discipline, which is another beautiful thing uh, to discuss. Is is you are seeing how how that plays out um, by being truthful to yourself and then sticking to that and saying, "Cool, this is this is actually what I'm looking for." And so I really love how you've utilized both the awareness and then followed through with the discipline that then obviously produces a positive action. And then that would obviously have a feedback loop. Um, So that's so beautiful to hear.
1: Absolutely. And discipline is the other big one. So, you know, if you really want to get the benefit out of yoga, we all know it's a yoga practice. It's something that you do repeatedly. You're not going to get all the benefits from one class. So, you know, every Once a week or twice a week or once a fortnight, you set the intention. It's a discipline, it's a practice. You know, once you roll out the yoga mat, that's the time that you're allocated for yourself. So that next 45 minutes is just for yourself where you're going to let go of all these other thoughts and be fully present. And just be and you know, you move closer towards your intentions. And you need that same kind of discipline with your money. So, if you don't exercise that discipline, it's just going to flow out in all different directions. And at the end of the month, you don't even know where all your money's gone. So, that, that, and then there's also the whole concept of staying on your mat. Now, we all know that you can practice yoga anywhere, you can do it on a carpet, you can do it on the outdoors, on the grass. But why do we have a yoga mat? It's again, it's a concept in your head that you're physically visualizing. So once you roll up that mat, that's your visual cue that, all right, now switch off all those thoughts in your head. Breathe deeper. So as soon as you see that yoga mat, you know, you've got all these subconscious things happening. And then when you're practicing yoga, you're not just, you know, bending or moving or going all over the place, you're staying on your yoga mat. You're practicing that discipline. You know what your boundaries are and you know when to move out of your boundaries, when to move outside of that yoga mat. You know you're going beyond that particular stretch because you designed it that way. You're not just unconsciously moving wherever you want. So again, that's something um, I guess is a concept that you can take off the mat as well. Oh, that Sweet. is having that
0: discipline. That is absolutely, absolutely beautiful because um that really dives so much into the psychology of, of a habit, really, because each habit has a cyclical motion where you will have a cue and then you will have a conditioned response um which would then invoke your action. And so it's so beautiful how you're saying that because exactly like you said, rolling out the mat, it has that conditioned. Um, response that's the cue to relax. Beautiful, mm. absolutely beautiful. I really, really do love that, and that you can really see how you can utilize that in every every area of your life. As saying, you know, let's say for instance, um, a lot of people will online shop. That would be their cue, you know. And so because you're aware of that now, and you're saying, look, I do not need to spend that money on that. You can see that cue, and then choose to uh, switch your action to something else. If you're aware of your um, your, your need to want to uh, save money and spend it on something more worthwhile, then you can, um, you can see that cue and then you can say, cool, well, let's rather take this money and spend it on something that would truly help elevate me and elevate those around me. Um, so I can definitely see how that's such a really cool process uh, for people to use to start to switch their, um, their uh, actions around money and, and find ways to enhance it instead of um, you know really being drained and drain it from you.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And there's another big aspect, um, again, coming from the yoga principles is your breathing. We're all just breathing, but are we doing it unconsciously or consciously? That's the question. So when you do bring yourself onto the mat, there's always the breathing component that happens with it. And um, there's lots of... Regulate um, or unregulated breathing that you can do so when you bring your awareness to a particular example that um, I'd like to share today is what's called as a sore hum breathing yep. so it's a really, really simple um, concept. So it's actually a deep concept, but it's a very simple technique. Um, and I use this technique um, both with kids and adults. So, so hum is a Sanskrit word and it translates into I am that. So, what basically what it is, it's just really simple technique where there's two syllables in the word. So, there's so. there's the hum so what i teach um, my yogis is when i say so you breathe in so so and when you say hum you're just exhaling so hum and just relax Mm. And with kids i like to get them excited about because when you engage all their senses kids are just so naturally curious and, and you know when you sort of turn it into a game with them, they love it. So what I like to do with them, is I like to vary the so hum. So I sometimes go really quick, they'll be like, so hum, so hum, so hum, so they're like, and then I go, so hum. And then also to engage their, um, set to use a drum. So I've got this drum here, and it's a really pretty drum. It's uh, one of those hang drums. So as soon as they see me brings out on the mat, they all get really excited because they know that they're going to get their turn to use the drum as well. So um, they've got like, these little sticks. So we're, like, they get to the beat of the soul and the hum. And it's just got this really nice sound vibration to it, which is the sound bars so that engages their ears, that engages their eyes because it's such a blind and um, even their tactile sense because they're holding to this and also the smell. Because what I have like to do is put some essential oils on the tip of that. So when they're breathing in, they get this little whiff of air, this beautiful smell of mandarin or whatever patchouli or whatever it may be and that encourages them to just breathe deeper because it engages their curiosity and it's like oh that smell I I like it and yeah it's just about engaging their senses and you can do the same thing with adults as well and you're just going for a longer time and when you're actually conscious it just brings their attention to their breathing when they're doing it in a regulated manner and that just again a mindfulness thing it brings them to the present moment when all you're doing is just breathing just being nothing else and taking all your attention just to your breathing and beautiful thing about that is um with adults like i guide them through the soham breathing we take it a notch higher and i ask them to just close their eyes when they're breathing again with adults i try and disengage all their senses. Um, So close your eyes, get rid of that sense so that you can go more inward, um, removing all other distractions. And just really ask them to, I just guide them to close their eyes, just really think about what you want your future self to be like. So just going a little bit deeper. So what is that 2.0 version of you uh, look like? What does that person... What is that person's value? Who do you want to be in a year from now or six months from now? And as you're breathing, um, you know, you're retuning really into your intuition, which is your third eye chakra area, just engaging that energy um, of the knowledge which is already there within you and just listen to that intuition as you lighten all the mind chatter. And as you get more clarity around this person that you want to be, and that again ties back to setting your intentions. So, if you want some clarity on that, you know, it just comes to you. And sometimes it may not come to you when you're doing the breathing, but you know, later on the next day when you're having a shower, it might come to you then. It's just about planting seeds
0: mm, absolutely, absolutely mm. beautiful. Um, I know I, I really do. Um, I really do love that whole bringing awareness to where you are, bringing awareness to what is going on. Because even if, you know, looking at that with money, once again, if you're not aware of how you're feeling, aware of why you're doing what you're doing, you, it's very easy to, to get mixed up in consumerism and do things because you feel like I will only be better when I have this, rather than saying mm-hmm. I am already enough. And this is just a way in order for me to elevate what I already am, or, or there is a, a less amount of attachment because you're aware of, of, of your thoughts coming in and out and aware that you do not need to be attached to those thoughts. When, um, when you can feel this, um, when you have, let's say a nice car, wow, it's so cool to enjoy that nice car. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's amazing. But when you find that that car goes and all of a sudden you're really sad and depressed, that's when there's a mismatch because you're attached to that car. But just like the, sh- the thoughts coming in and out, the car can come in and out and that's cool. Enjoy it while it's there. Enjoy it if it's not, you know. Um, enjoy a big, beautiful house. Enjoy it when it's not. It doesn't add to it. It's an, an experience that is beautiful all the way around. So I really love that association.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of science behind it as well, which is, um, you know, when people, they think, oh, is really bad if you want a nice fancy red sports car like not really um it depends oh, we just got the activating system. It's going to, you know, make you notice every single red sports car on the road. And basically, that's all that you can see because your RAS reticular activating system is tuned in and that's all you're seeing. And you feel this emptiness with you until you actually get that red sports car. As, as you pointed out, when you're detached and, you know, when there's something that you want, you have the power within yourself to manifest and ask the universe to bring that into your life, invite that into your life, but the key there is without being attached to it. So key principles detachment. So put your desires into the universe and let it come to you without being obsessed about it.
0: Exactly, absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, also on that note as well, um, bringing, I suppose, some of the po- positive elements of money and the benefit of what it can sometimes give you is if you're feeling, um, let's say, for instance, you've come out of a, a horrible relationship and, or marriage and, um, you know, you, you don't have any financial stability, um, that sense of financial well-being can provide you with independence. You know, it can provide you um, with compassion by giving, giving it to somebody else um and uh it's definitely uh, how you choose to utilize it how you choose to be around that but even saying you know if it's independence that you want cultivate that sense of i am independent and do actions Mm -hmm. that invoke that sense of confidence and independence. And therefore, money will come because of the actions that you're doing, along with other things that may also invoke that sense of confidence and and action. You know, it may not always just be money. It could be Mm -hmm. multiple facets of things that you are then invoking because that is the intention that you are projecting or embodying.
1: Absolutely. And that's why they say like... You shouldn't feel like when you're doing something you're truly passionate about you feel, you don't feel like you're working or you don't you know, you actually feel energized at the end of the day rather than exhausted after coming home so that's what when you're linked to your dharma and when you're living your true life's purpose um again money is the form of energy that flows in so that's absolutely right and um, and that's why money is uh you know important it's you know it's not if you do it if you have selfish um you know needs or if you use money for selfish purposes yes then that thing your okay, money's root cause for evil that rich people are bad and all these misconceptions come into play but um yeah like I guess independence is one of my core values and that's something that's the intention that I've always set for myself and um, I had the thing that oh yeah you know I need to make money um, so that I can have this house and all that but no but I guess my whole approach to it was different but the end result's been the same so just to share uh, my own example so yeah. I had I guess when I bought my first home, um, I've never done, I've never been much of a number cruncher, which has changed in recent times because that's part of my job anyway. But it was more my intuition that when I saw the plot, I just knew, I just knew this is where my home is going to be built. Like when I went and stood at the plot, there was just this feeling there. I can't really explain. There's some things that you just know. And um, you know there were certain circumstances that came to the position where I, you know, I, I I made it happen. I made my dream happen. Bought the house, and the circumstances changed and it came to a point where I, was, it came to a point where it was like, okay, I'm going to lose the house now. What next? And um, but deep in my heart, I knew that no, this is my home. Um, not for just reasons of, you know, money that this is this certain value, but rather it was more like this is the home that I've built for myself. And I'm very grateful to be living in such a neighbourhood where my neighbours are now more like family to me. And just the thought of having to move away from this place, you know, bring a lot of fear and resentment and um, all kinds of negative feeling in me. And I guess where I was coming from, where I thought, no, I do not want to lose my home. And as well as the fact that I had converted my garage um, into a yoga studio. So that was like the space that I had created, not only to create magic in my own life, but to people create magic in their own lives through yoga and just having this safe sacred space for them to come and practice yoga with me so these were the things that really invoked a lot of fear in me at that time where you know my gosh I'm going to lose my home but you know if I was just using my mind and just crunching numbers I would have given up a long time ago straight away I thought oh it's not going to work I better start looking for rental property but I'm always someone who's always leading from heart. So I went deep into my gut and my heart and, you know, I just meditated on not even the figure, not even the amount, but just the fact that I just knew and accepted the fact that this was my home and no matter what circumstances, I'm not moving away from here. So I already believed that this was going to be my home for the next few years just because of all the beautiful neighbors and my yoga space that I'd created for myself and the stability that I'm able to provide for my son because his school is nearby my home. You know, my day job is less than 10 minutes away and all of that. And once I really accepted that and decided and already put it out into the universe that I know this is my home and everything, all my actions were all based on, oh, this is my home. And, you know, I still went around and maintained my gardens with love and things like that. And then it came to a point where um, I have this habit of um Putting in things out of the universe. So I have a box which I call as my manifestation box. So when you really want something and you're doing it with a pure heart, not for selfish reasons, I write things down because there's this concept that, you know, when it's coming from the heart and you write it down, it has that special power to it because it's coming straight from your heart through your arms. There's there's a concept. So write it down. And then I folded that piece of paper and put it into this box where, which houses not only all of my dreams that I want, but also yoga clients, they write things down, put it there. And every morning I have the habit where I go to that box, place my hands on top of it, and I give the box Reiki or you know, just send some Reiki energy to it or just that intention that I'm putting into the box towards my just reminding myself of my dream, so it goes deep into my subconscious and i put a certain um amount on there and i put in a date that i'm going to be able to refinance my home by at that point in time when i wrote this um six months before it actually happened it was like a crazy impossible dream Everything, all the odds were stacked against me and numbers didn't add up. It was you no, know, if you calculate it, it was just basically I had mortgage brokers tell me, throw their hands up and say sorry, I'll help you. And six months down the track, I did not lose faith a single day. And things just changed. Like, you know, one of the blessings and desires of COVID is that the house prices went up, and that increased my borrowing capacity. And somehow, in mysterious ways that I cannot explain to this day, the right people came into my life. The right, certain people told me the right things that I needed to hear at the right time, and things just happened and I, until today I see it as a miracle that I was able to refinance my, entire, my home and within that time frame and given the circumstances that I was in and all the obstacles that I had to jump through. So manifestation is a really powerful thing.
0: Wow, that is so profound and I'm just, I'm so in awe and so happy that, you know, you've got to keep your home and um, what an absolutely beautiful um unfolding of events that you have experienced Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful really um and it's just it's so stunning that you've once again you've created the space of healing for your entire neighborhood you know you are really um taking that sense of healing and you're expanding it um and through that expansion you're probably feeling such expansion of healing on love and safety because that is what you're creating for everyone around you and Um, to be able to maintain that and keep that is so beautiful. So, um, no, really, wow, wow, wow,
1: wow. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's just, I guess I, I keep telling everyone, you know, when you're really in tune with yourself and connected to the universe, connected with other human beings around you, when you're really embodying those yoga principles, you can expect miracles to happen
0: beautiful beautiful yeah. and um you know it's quite sad because there's a lot of people out there who um because they thinking about you know i'm not good enough or life is horrible then they are emanating and expanding that away and so they will attract things in their life that exacerbate that and saying oh my life is horrible, all these things are happening because that is what they're putting out there. Whereas you are putting out this love, this life, this intention to maintain this love and life that you're embodying. And so that is what you are receiving back.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I guess, you know, when you really um, study all these really rich people and, um, when you actually, there's a lot of studies that I've done. I've read so many books and I've actually embodied um, or incorporated and implemented the 10% rule into my life. So what that is, is um, 10% of my income, no matter what it is, I always put aside towards giving to my family or friends or charity, but just giving out there to someone in need or, um, you know, for a certain cause it's really close to my heart and you know sometimes you see there's people who they're in a very basic you know uh, surrounding basic house they don't have too many material possessions but you see them giving away so much and that's the thing it doesn't matter how poor or how rich you are but anyone can give and it's just coming from that Place of love within you and you know, there's so much more respect for that person who's giving away when he doesn't have he or she doesn't have that much of himself like mm. that is just a beautiful concept and I guess you know as we grow that's why I like to sort of visualize it or put a number as a percentage so that you know that you know and growing, or you know, ideally as, as the year progresses, all of us would like to have a higher income as we grow wiser and smarter and richer year by year. And that's the thing, we shouldn't be giving away the same amount that we were giving out five years ago. Like the growth has to come from within you, and it needs to go out in proportion as well. And you know, a lot of philanthropists like Bill Gates and everyone, they all have that certain amount that they put away to be able to give to others and when you're giving that comes back to you multiple fold oh totally different ways
0: totally and Mm -hmm. even even if it's just the basic feeling of how how nice you feel when you give somebody something you know that feeling is so beautiful and so even if it's purely for um doing it so that you can feel that way while you're doing it you know that's such a a beautiful way to live and, um, you know, trying to embody that feeling in so many different areas on how you interact with other people. Like you said, how you give, um, how you teach yoga, um, you know, and you know that you're changing those people's lives. I mean, that's such a profound thing, um, to, to do. And, um, you know, that goes into almost the the different blocks that you have is, um, when you're in that healing space, you know, feels like you're releasing any blockages that you have. Um, and, and that is such a profound thing because in life, you'll always come up with blockages, always come up with I can't or I'm not enough or whatever it is. But then it's learning to release that and release that and release that. And whenever that comes uh, and whenever that transpires um, and through the act of giving and love, that is part of that way to release. Um, and uh, so, yeah, no, I think that's very, very
1: cool. Yeah, and it's interesting with these blockages. Like, you get clarity on them from, like, from my own personal experience. Um, I realised where my money blocks were through the work that I did for myself going the inner healing was through uh, inner child meditation. Now, this didn't happen on the first time. This was a regular practice that I did for myself. We did some inner child uh, meditation here, going back to, you know, understanding where certain concepts or ideas that you believe in come from. Who did it come from? And um, I'll share one really interesting insight that I got from when I did one of my own inner child um, meditation healings was um, all of a sudden, random, I don't know, this little flash of memory just came in my mental screen over time when I was probably, um, I don't know, I was probably in my grade four. Yeah, I think I was grade four, grade five. And I remember we were just in the shops, and, um, you know, my parents have always brought me up as a princess, and to some extent, to spoiled brat. Right? But um, <laughs> at that time, like, I never had a feeling of void. So my dad, my mom, they used to buy me, um, you know, we were. So- We were very, we had what we needed. Um, We had enough to give to others. Um, And I think, you know, in childhood, you have this certain... um, idea where you're always testing your boundaries so I remember we were just in the shop and my mom was bu- buying some jewellery and then I saw those really beautiful diamond earrings and I was like to my dad I was like oh I want that diamond earring and then I remember in that little flash that came to me I remember my dad said oh no we can't afford that we can't afford diamonds and you know that was just a very simple statement that were made in that context at that time because we were not there shopping for diamond earrings and my dad didn't want to just put his credit card for a diamond earring for me at that time because we had no intention of buying it at that time but I think really sunk into my psyche mm. and it was like oh okay I can't afford diamonds and then later on in my adult life I was like where did that come from? And I realized that I never went and bought a diamond for myself. And then as soon as that inner child came to me, I was like, well, I can. I have the power to buy myself a diamond. And I don't need to wait for everyone to buy me a diamond. But it's just these little things that was that really innocent, um, comment that was made by my dad at the time which made me feel like oh I can't afford certain things but now that I've removed that blockage and healed myself from it I know that I can afford whatever I want but their intention being, I'm not doing it just to satisfy my ego it's more like do I really want it. Like, I don't have a desire to go out and buy a diamond, but I've realised that that's where the block came from. I right. thought about certain things that I can afford or can't afford. And at the same time, there's this other beautiful insight that really came to me. And again, this was when I was in grade four, um, to the same age as my son is right now, um, coincidentally, nine years. I think that's where a lot of my blockages came from around that age time. Um, So I remember back then I was living in the Caribbean, so I was studying in the International School of Curacao back then stamp collection was big. so this is about when I grew up in the 90s kids these days probably don't even care about stamps because we don't post things very much anymore but um, stamp collection from different countries back then was uh, pretty big in my time in my circle of friends so I remember um, I came home one day and um, I told my dad I'm like I was really sad and he's like what's wrong and I was like oh I don't my stamp collection sucks these other kids at school they've got so many stamps and you know we don't get enough mail from Poland or Russia and, um, and then I remember that same evening my I took me to the shop And he bought me this most incredible collection, which had more than 10,000 different stamps from all different countries. And, you know, he had the power to do that because he could afford it. And he knew what a difference it would make in my life. And he knew how much I really wanted this. So he supported me getting that. And overnight, I ended up having the best stamp collection in school by the next day and you know that was not for to satisfy my ego but this was just something that I was really passionate about and then I realized that power of money could give me this power of you know being able to help others so when I went in uh, school the next day, we had this thing where we exchanged. So every recess, this is what happened. Everyone would bring out their stamp collection. We'd exchange stamps to build up our own collection, so that you know we built up to other countries that we didn't have. And here I was feeling like I was top of the world because I was able to share my collection with others. And you know, it's not okay. I give one stamp, you give one stamp back. No. I had different levels. For my really close friends, I would give them 10 of my stamps for one of their stamps. And it made me so good to have that power to be able to do that. Mm. And, again, that's where money comes from. It's how you use it. How do you use the energy of money to pass it back on in different ways, to empower others and, you know, or to get independence for yourself? beautiful beautiful and being aware
0: like you're saying in the beginning really being aware of those blockages that you hold um on different associations and saying well why do i hold that blockage do i need to hold that blockage what do i need to release um, in order to let whatever my higher self or whatever um you know if i could live in the supreme self what would that look like and what blockages do i hold that i need to release in order to embody that ideal self um and and if you are have any blockages or have any thoughts what attachments do I hold around those thoughts? Why do I hold those attachments? Do I need those attachments? And really just uh, being grateful for whatever flows in and whatever flows out. Um, I absolutely love that. Yeah, what a very cool analogy with the stamp collections uh, that you shared.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's amazing what kind of insights come to you when you just sit down, close your eyes and meditate and, you know, you just get all these little flashes and um, yeah and you never, never know it might just change just you have that clarity you really get into knowing what you need to focus on and that just brings about that flow state into your life and that's how you know use the same principle you know taking it off the yoga mat into my life so particularly in today's into finance how we can be yoga principles there but um, yeah you know Having said all this, money is not something that we can take with us beyond this life when we die. No one can take money into you know, I believe in the concept of reincarnation. You know, your souls have originated from supreme source is this higher power not be reborn again. But what the biggest asset that anyone can have or build in this lifetime that you can actually take with you to another lifetime if you were born again the good karma and finances I having money can actually help you to build your good karma. there's lots of ways to build good karma by doing good things for others where you're not expecting any money in return. That is actually a form of yoga called karma yoga where it's selfless devotion and service without expecting anything back in return. And I I would highly encourage everyone to do that because that builds up your good karma. Whereas at the same time, if you're able to bring in this energy of money into life, your ability to give back to the world can dramatically and exponentially increase, which is where I'd like to focus on with this whole concept of why money is important because your ability to give back to the world can dramatically improve, you know, whatever causes it is that's close to your heart or making that little difference in the world or, you know, even just cleaning up your own carbon making the world a better place for our children and their children it's all integrated and you know the more good you do like research takes money you need money to do research to cure cancer or to come up with a more biodegradable version of a certain product you need money for all of those things and when you redirect that which is again a form of energy all these beautiful causes to all these things that need energy put into them to be able to make the world a better place that's how you build up your good karma and your good karma is definitely something that you can carry on with you and grab into your next life if you are able.
0: yep oh absolutely perfect well well said well articulated wonderful And with with all of that, and for people who are listening who want to take some things on with them, um, you know, at home and start to actually um, actualize all the things that we've spoken about today, what would that look like? Are there any specific things that people can do uh, to help clear, you know, any blockages that they hold or um, ways to to help um, with that association of money? Absolutely. So there's
1: really simple steps that you can actually start today. Um, you don't have to wait. Number one, create a discipline. So make sure you set aside an amount of time, whether it's for your yoga practice, or whether it's to look at your finances, whether that be once a week, or just a certain amount of time, whatever it is that fits in your current schedule. Don't say, Oh, I'll wait until I can do it once a week. No, start with 30 minutes. Maybe it might be 30 minutes a fortnight and build it up to 30 minutes a week. So start wherever you are with current circumstances, commit to yourself, um, have an accountability partner you know, talk about it to other people who can hold you accountable. That's really powerful as well. But unless it's really coming from within you, you need to set up that discipline for yourself. So number one is discipline. Number two is intention. So once you get a bit more clarity, sit on that and meditate. Allow the thoughts to come to you. Um, you know you have all the knowledge within you like you just need to identify just quieten the mental chatter and just make everything go quiet so you really understand what's important to you what's not important to you is also equally important so you can start Um, eliminating those things from your life so and like as I mentioned before like look through your statements in detail decide what you want to spend money on you don't want money to spend money on again that comes down to what your goals are what your values are so really get some clarity around that number three would be gratitude so just have that feeling of gratitude within yourself so not just for money that coming in but also for money that's going out so be grateful for being able to pay your bills and just when you're in that really positive state of gratitude you'll notice that everything just flows around a lot more easier money will just come in a lot more easier without you actually you know putting in too much effort Um, the ideas will come to you the people will come to you um, and it it should feel effortless Mm. so I think those are the three most um, important things. And then as you get um, you know, more deeper with understanding yourself, um, you can even tune into intuition. And, you know, sometimes you can't use your mind because you know, hindsight always is a good thing. So when you have a really strong intuition, um, you know, take that into the finance world and decide which stock to buy or which shares to invest in. Like you can take it as deep as you want, but that it all has to come from within. So build yourself up to be able to harness the power of your heart and your gut, your intuition as well, not just your mind, because we can do all the research based on past, what worked well for other people, or what's been the historical statistics. But things can change, and I think COVID's proved that to us. So, again, heart the power of this energetic world that's around you that you can't see, which is equally as powerful as the physical world. So I guess those are some of the key takeaways. And, um, yeah, just knowing your intentions, set discipline, feeling that gratitude, and things will come
0: beautiful very 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 well said and um i think if anybody listening would uh like to speak to you one-on-one or like contact you to you know maybe get some coaching or like more in-depth ways in order to um facilitate that and you know and then obviously having that facilitation changing their life um would going on focused and flow yoga website be the best way to touch base with you or how can people um how can people get get in touch with you
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. The website's like Mothership. It's got all the information and contact details on there. So it's just www.focusandflowyoga.org. But I'm on all socials as well. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So whatever platform you're on, I'm on as well. So feel free to reach out and just Google focus and flow yoga. It'll get you coming into the right um, channels and directions. And yeah. uh, my, door, my doors are open. As you can see right there, <laughs> it's always open. And I'm always open to um, helping people in any way, form that I can. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. And thank you so much. And hopefully, guys, this has given you a lot of clarity around money and a lot of clarity around your thoughts um, and seeing how, um, you know being spiritual and being connected doesn't have to be separate from money it can actually be on the same journey it really depends on uh, why you are wanting um, to increase your wealth uh, and what attachments do you hold around that you know if there is no attachment around that and there's a way to elevate that gratitude as we've discussed then that's phenomenal the two of them can go hand in hand it doesn't have to be separate so awesome discussion Tina. really really thoroughly enjoy that
1: so, did I. The pleasure's all mine, Alexa. I absolutely love chatting to you. And um, yeah, all these beautiful insights that come through. And I'm sure all our beautiful listeners hopefully benefit from that too.
0: Awesome. All right. Bye, guys.